Okay, let's go with that one right there. Do it. Uh oh, oh I got two of them. You can do both of them. Ready? Nope. Why does the Bible instruct us to tithe to the church? You want to field it first? Well, okay. How many of you would give to the church enough to support the church if there were not a tithe? Few in the front row. The tithe is here to help the church grow and to do something even more important. To teach every one of us the great joy of giving. You know, it's funny. If you go by the market, you'll see people with children by the counters looking for things, and they won't do anything for them. You'll see people that have very small needs who have to go with those needs unmet because it requires too much effort. We learn through giving and through tithing. And the Bible tells us very solemnly and very simply, 10%. Now, we will spend 10% on tickets to a show like that. Why can't we spend 10% a week in helping someone or helping the church so that it can help more someones? You know, giving is one of those cumulative things. The more we give and the more we have together, the more people we can help, the more we can survive here, the more we can pay the skyrocketing bills so that you don't get too cold in here on Sunday morning. Is that good enough? I'm going to add a couple of little things. I'll let um, you. I think that the practice of tithing also reminds us to trust. We know that we will always have enough. We are able to give this, whether it is time, whether it is money, whether it is goods. We know that we will always have enough, and so we can. It is a gesture of faith. And it also, it feels really good to help people, doesn't it? Tithing helps us remember to see opportunities and take them, to make the world better. Tithing is not just about giving to an organization. It is about renewing our faith with every time that we give of anything and say, I know that my life will always be provided for. And it's about reaching out to others because they need their needs provided for, and you can be the vessel for that. Think about it. It goes both ways. That which comes to you comes from God, and that which is given from you comes from God. Kind of cool. Okay, I already pulled the other one. If God is everywhere, why do we need to go to church? We don't need to go to church. That's the thing, right? It's not a need to. Like, you must do this thing because there is a divine scale, and if you do not go, the scale will not be tipped in your favor, and woe is you. There is none of that. You don't need to, but you get to. How cool is that? To have the opportunity to go somewhere and maybe hear things from a different perspective, or maybe find that some little nugget that was missing from our understanding is just perfectly placed in front of us. You don't have to go to church, but it's cool to be able to. Next question, sir. Uh-oh. It's on you. They're trying to book into each other, so I keep trying oh, to fluff see. Have you tackled any injustice, such as race, LGBTQ, sexual inequality, <laughs> homelessness around L.A.? Tackled. If I had tackled it, we would no longer have the question. This could be a long answer, so I'm going to keep it brief. I'll just go yes. Ahead. No, you're going to stay, because I'm not going to go into detail. Um, most of you know me. You know what I've been doing. And you know that my, my action and my words will always follow where there's a need. Um, what do we started... I started in my 20s doing a program through, I started through um, Ticketmaster Online City Search where we would all donate clothing, um, toiletries, little hotel samples, feminine hygiene supplies, bags were really important. And we would separate all these things by size, by gender, by type. And then we would drive out and bring them to the people who needed them and we'd offer them. And a lot of times they'd say, no, I just want, want a pair of socks or I want food or I want money. But we were there, and we weren't just there giving. 
We were there meeting and talking to people, and I think that's the bigger thing that needs to happen. Talk and listen because people make judgments. Now, y'all know, I think I've made it pretty clear, that um, I've been really involved with the LGBTQIA++++ community. I've been so involved that I was there before there wasn't, there were, there were initials even. It was just the gay community and everybody else. Um, I will continue to be supportive vocally, compassionately, of all of my brothers and sisters and friends and family in the community until my very last breath, because that's who I am. As far as sexual inequality, I've not had to deal with it. But if it comes up, sure. I've been fortunate enough to have never been made to feel less than. I have never felt like I was at a disadvantage. I've never been made to feel that, oh, you're just a woman. Maybe I'm oblivious, but I haven't seen it. Um, Racial injustice. I'm very mixed. I don't know if you know this. You know this. We got lots of lineage happening in here. Um, So I don't really have a team. So yes, I'm involved in that awareness as well because I think when, what all this question comes down to, these are all injustices based on the opinions of others, right? With the exception of homelessness, which again, also depends on the opinions of others. In the end, you are the only person who can decide what is best for you. And that is my position in this world. That's how I will continue to choose to operate. You want something to say on that? No, I, I, I kind of have to, am I on? You should be. Should be, yeah. Is it on? Okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> Rude. It's, it's important to think about the fact that there isn't any difference. A, a song you hear me refer to very often uh, was written by Josh White, and it's called the St. James Infirmary. And the last line of the song is, well, not counting the chorus, every man everywhere is the same when he's got his skin off. And I offer that to you this morning as an, an unexpected gift. Every man everywhere is the same when he's got his skin off. There is no, well, I can give it to you because please is good. I can give it to you, but I'm not giving to you. Everybody's the same. If we gave to each other, how much poverty would there be in the world? If we worked together, we might get rations that were sparing at some times, but we could help each other. And the look of gratitude on the children's faces and those of older people And everybody in between is worth that little bit of effort. I know. But we have so many. We've got to keep chugging through. We actually had quite a list. If God is everywhere, why can't he or she just know what we want or need? I'm going to tackle this head on. Okay, if someone is looking, if God is everywhere, why can't he or she just know what we want or need? Okay, so let's, let's look at it from an external deity perspective, okay? You have to send the right message. That begins right here in your thoughts. God cannot know what you need if you are saying, I'm sick, instead of, I wish to be well. God cannot know what you want or need if you're saying, I don't have enough, instead of, I want more to come. You have to send the right signals because God, whether an external being or an omnipresent force, divine law, only responds to the signals we give. So when we are expressing lack or disease or malcontent or pain of any kind, anything negative, if we are focusing on the negative and not the positive, we are telling that divine law, that divine force, that God, that spirit, we are saying, this is what I have, see? We're not saying, I want something different. So look at the solution so that God can hear what you want. That's my take. Does that make sense? Was I obtuse? No? Okay. All right, I get to pick this one. 
I'm acute. Aw. From the, from the husband in the front row, no, you're acute. Oh, this is, this is good. Which do you prefer, meditation, treatment, or prayer, and why? Take it away, sir. What's the difference? Exactly. <laughs> All I can say about that, no matter what you think is right, pray, treat, affirm. Yep. And for me, I think meditation, treatment, and prayer, it's the same thing. Yeah. It's all the same thing. But the key is here. Utilize them all. Yeah. Vision boards. Paint the picture. Write the story. Sing the song. Tell the verse. Do it all. Because when you bring them all together, when you express that desire, yeah. when you express your gratitude along with that desire, everything just rushes forward faster and faster and faster. And if you practice that way, it becomes undeniable, absolutely irrefutable, because you're able to see consistently as you do this, the good comes, the change comes, the betterment happens. So yes, all of the above. And when you're doing it, feel, you don't have to put this out there, just feel the love that you feel between you and that person, that child, that animal, that gentle carry. Oh, I liked this one. How have you worked with your ego for transformation? Well, I have no ego. Oh. Ooh, I'm, I'm scared <laughs> you, you take that ball and run with it, honey. Let your ego work for the best in you and in those around you. You cannot help saying I. It's one of those things we're given to grow with. Let that I that you are saying have a couple of words behind it that are L-O-V-E space Y-O-U. Let us love with each other. Let us reach out from that ego, that place of growth, and it'll help every other person. Have you ever noticed what happens with you if you are with someone or not, and you're thinking about them, or you're thinking about something for them, and all of a sudden you get the most happy feeling? Yeah, I see some heads nodding. Well, that's that ego reaching out in this incredibly energetic universe to send energy to someone else. And that someone else starts with God and comes back down to here. Be a servant. Be a grower. Become. I gave you guys in your programs one of my most powerful tools for this. I shared it with the Science of Mind group last week, and I fixed the typo, Science of Mind people. <laughs> so you now have a copy with the right word in there. Um, that daily inventory sheet that's in there was, for me, the most powerful tool for shutting the ego down that I've ever encountered. Step one was to really teach myself that it's not I, that it's we. So every time I got upset with somebody and I caught it, righteous indignation, no. You, I immediately make the conscious choice to say, I'm not going to look at this thing that has me upset. I'm going to look at the emotions of the people who are receiving this. As soon as you shift from anger to compassion, your ego has just been checked. If you do this exercise, this daily inventory, if you start every morning with it, in response to the previous day. You ask those, what is it, 12 questions about? Is that what it says, 12, 10? Ask those 10 questions every morning and write them down. Save them, because they're really important um, to look back. Write them down about the previous day. Follow through with actions, like revealing the information you should have told someone or apologizing to somebody, and then do it the next day. You will find that suddenly the way you move through the world is different. You're not moving in a reactionary way. You are no longer moving in a way of judgment. You are doing all the things you need to do to quiet all that chatter so that you can see the unity. That is my go-to power tool. If any, any, anytime somebody asks me a spiritual question, 90% of the time, that form right there is the answer. 
to the root of it. I'll throw you something with that too. One of the things that you'll read a lot of in the New Thought books, God in man, as man, is man. <laughs> May I tell you to start out, God in me, as me, is me. Now make it happen. Hmm. I get to reach Take another one. In the sermon about treatment, you said to ask and then let it go. I keep thinking of what I prayed for. How can I let it go? Get up and do something. And so it is. Now let me go do something else. Go get a drink of water. Don't look at what you have to do. Do it to that point. Release it. Let it go. Remember the last step of a spiritual mind treatment is release. Release it. Let it go. Let it go forth to do its good. I know that it's hard to quiet the mind, though, when you do that, right? It's like you've prayed for this thing that you're worried about, and pop, it comes right back in. So, I, this is how I handle it. I can only speak from my experience. When that thought goes, oh, I've got to take it, this has to be dealt with. I think of the thing and go, and immediately catch yourself, this is my concern, and I'm confident that this is, you know, you reinforce the prayer. So once you have caught that thought slipping in there, and you know that you haven't released it, you immediately turn it right back out. Say, oh, I am... For example, I'm going to use you, poor Jean, I'm so sorry. Jean has been looking for an apartment. And she has been looking and looking and not finding one at a price that she would like. And she was catching, she was catching herself saying, yeah, but I can't. And so we started with a little mantra that she wrote down. It was, miracles do happen, and mine is on its way, gaining momentum with every moment. And she wrote it down, and every time she would catch herself worrying about an apartment coming, she says that. And more and more leads have been falling into place. And it's coming. That's how you quiet your mind and let it go. Let it go by coming back and letting it go again. And you have to keep doing it. Diligence. Erase, erase, erase. Remember that? Let yourself have only the good thoughts. Another one. How do you work on patience when things don't, be, don't seem to be coming fast enough? I have to take a walk. I just go out and say, okay, I'm going to get this. And as I'm on that walk... This part of me and this part of me are reaching to that part of me until I can get it balanced back down so I know what the love is. And then I go right back to loving again. Simple? For me, it's taking stock of the positive. Mm -hmm. I don't step away. I instead go, okay, I am getting antsy that this is not happening, so what do I have? What are these things that are the needs that are met? What are these wonderful things happening in my life? You pay attention to those. Suddenly, that outlook of lack becomes an outlook of optimism. Because you've just seen all the ways that your needs are met elsewhere. So if you're focusing on those, you know that that outstanding need is coming. It shifts the dynamic and lets things come faster. That's my thought. Was that mine or was that yours? This is, I don't know. I don't know. Here you do it. I picked oh, it. You read it. Yes, ma'am. Do you feel every year seems to take a worse turn with regard to human hostility? For example, mass massacres, criminals with unchanging souls? No. No, I do not. Anybody read the Old Testament? It's pretty scary stuff, huh? There was a whole lot of, what was it, mass massacres and criminal behavior and absolutely heinous, alarming, dreadful thoughts. These things happened. And it's no shock that they continue to happen. The only difference now is that we're more aware of it. We're better connected so we can spread the gossip around more. This stuff was happening all over the world all the time. We just know about it now more. The key is... What do we do with that information we receive? Do we, and I'm going to bring it up again just because it flows. Do we say, that's awful and I'm going to fight for peace? Anybody hear that phrase and make your eye twitch a little bit? You don't fight for peace. So if you take that information of these scary things that, it has, that have happened and you get angry, you're feeding that collective anger. 
So choose instead to send that compassion, to send that love, to send that, I don't know what made you do this, but I know that you are part of the oneness that is our existence. And I may not get you, but I'm sorry you're struggling. It reframes everything, right? I'm sorry you're struggling. I don't know what your struggle is, but I'm sorry you're feeling those feelings that made you behave that way. So no, I don't think every year takes a turn for the worse. I think as a planet, humanity is always working toward better and more powerful solutions. I think that every year takes a greater turn toward the positive. It's just what's being fed to our ears and eyes that is the problem. Let me give you something along that line too. Anybody listen to uh, things on the radio about Memphis? Uh, that's what we think, but what has been powerful in Memphis, if you remember other unfortunately mass killings lately in the United States, we can remember back to when people robbed everybody else and stole from everyone and purged the streets and killed each other. Today, what did the people in Memphis say? We're praying for peace. We don't need any more of that. We're praying for peace. And they were living for peace and marching for peace. If somebody got in their way, they stopped, let them go, and then they went back to their peace. Change it all to peace. Okay, I have a very serious question. Reverend Gina, have you seen we people, leprechauns, and are they here, not just in Ireland? I've never seen a leprechaun that I know of, but I do have a face story, and I will tell it to you another time. I do believe that they are here and everywhere else, and I do, do believe they are real. We believe that thoughts are things, right? Right? So for hundreds of years, people have believed in we people all across the world. All different cultures have stories of them. So I would be a doubter of faith if I did not believe. Thoughts are things, people. They are real, and they are here. Now, you'll see me for the story some other time. Pick one. It's a cool story. Yeah, the Minnehuni have been around for a long time. Speaking from your highest sense of self, explain who you are when you say, I am. I said it a while ago. God in me, as me, is me. God in you, as you, is you. You're God in action. When you practice that, when you say your prayers, your spiritual mind treatment, your affirmations, when you reach out to one another, you are God in action. It already is. So let it be. When you say I am, you're making a declaration. Yeah. I'm tired. Okay. Spirit receives that and says, okay, you're tired. We'll make sure you stay that way because that's what you said. You said I am tired. So here you go. You can be tired. I'm poor. Okay. Mm -hmm. If that's what you are. So you say, I have all my needs met. And suddenly all your needs will be met. I am full of energy and optimism about the future. Suddenly the future goes, cool beans. Let's see what we can throw. When you say I am, you are declaring who you are and what your experience is. So shape those words. I'm tired, but <laughs> I'm tired and throw something in there when you catch that path going down the negative and veer it back onto the positive path and it'll change everything. All right, erase, I'm gonna grab erase, another one. Erase. erase, erase, erase. How do you clear your mind from a clutter that interferes with concentration while trying to pray or when it interrupts prayer? Usually I just bend over and run into a wall. No. <laughs> No, when I'm getting those thoughts, I do go back to what we just said, erase, erase, erase. I'm going I'm to give a far less deep answer. Um, do you have earbuds? Get some earbuds 
And I have a playlist of music called Divine Inspiration. It's all instrumental, drone-type stuff. It quiets down my mind so I can focus on my prayer. It gets all the, the chatter and all the, the shiny things that pass by and take my attention in my brain because I have a horrible time with focus. It takes them <laughs> and makes them go away so that I can focus on my prayer. That's my answer to that. So if you see me, if you want the, the playlist, I will share the list with you. It's on YouTube. What do you feel happens after death of the body? This is yours. You already have the perfect answer right there. Take it. I do. You do. <laughs> right there. Yeah. You might enjoy this. Um, this was written by uh, some, some uh, doctor named Dyer. Uh, Wayne, Wayne Dyer, I think his name was. Yeah. Well, he wrote this. In a mother's womb were two babies. One asked the other, do you believe in life after delivery? The other replied, why, of course, there has to be something after delivery. Maybe we're here to prepare ourselves for what we will be later. Nonsense, said the first. There is no life after delivery. What kind of a life would that be? The second that I said, I don't know, but there will be more light than here. Maybe we'll walk with our legs and eat from our mouths. Maybe we will have other senses that we can't understand now. The first replied, that is absurd. Walking is impossible. And eating with our mouths, ridiculous. The umbilical cord supplies nutrition and everything we need. But the umbilical cord is so short, life after delivery is to be logically excluded. The second insisted, well, I think there is something, and, and maybe it's different than it is here. Maybe we won't need this, this physical cord anymore. The first replied, nonsense. And moreover, if there is life, then why has no one ever come back from there? Delivery is the end of life. And in the after delivery, there is nothing but darkness and silence and oblivion. It takes us nowhere. Well, I don't know, said the second. But certainly we will meet mother and she will care for us. The other first replied, mother? You actually believe in mother? <laughs> That's laughable. If mother exists... Then where is she now? The second said, she's all around us. We are surrounded by her. We are of her. It is in her that we live. Without her, this world would not and could not survive. Said the first, well, <laughs> I don't see her, so it is only logical that she does not exist. To which the second replied, sometimes, when you're in silence and you focus and you really listen, you can perceive her presence, and you can hear her loving voice calling down from above. That's a parable from Wayne Dyer's Your Sacred Self. That is probably about all we have for today. Speak on this real quick. Um, I have believed just since I was sm small enough to have a belief in such things, I've always known with every, every fiber of my being that we continue. We continue. I know it as an absolute truth. And I know that it can seem really difficult when somebody who is physically present in our lives is not there to touch, is not there to make the sound in our ear and give us the words we'd like to hear. And I think that is where we struggle. It is not that the person is gone, it's that their physical presence is gone. I had an interesting thing happen with uh, a member of our congregation about a year and a half ago, maybe a little longer. We had done a sermon about looking for the, the miracles. Jean found a whole bunch of them. She came back and gave me a list. Look for the cool little things throughout your day, that flower through the cracks of the pavement, things like that. And this woman stopped me at the door, and she was tearful, and she said, 
About five years ago, I lost my boyfriend. He was my heart. He was my soulmate. Um, and he used to find hearts wherever we went. It would be in the rings from a water glass or a shadow on the pavement. Everywhere we went, he would find the heart. And she starts to cry, and she says, and now wherever I go, I see them. And it breaks my heart. And I took her hands, and it just flew out of my mouth, because sometimes my mouth goes without me. And I took her hands, and I said, science tells us that all matter is energy. Energy cannot be created or destroyed. So when you see another heart, you say hi. And it shifted her in that moment completely. And she comes back and said, I got to say hi five times this week. Yes, I believe we go on. I believe that we have to learn to listen. Uh-oh, I broke my husband. I'm sorry, honey. I made him cry. <laughs> and it wasn't even his story. But I think, I think sometimes we need to learn to listen. And sometimes that, that message, that community, that presence comes to us in the form of other people, through the voices of other people. You just have to be willing to look for them and listen for them. And when they arise... Say hi.